Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Sheldon May, who is the North America DNI ERG and Services Lead at Accenture. Today, Sheldon shines some much-needed light on the strategies, processes, and work that go into building employee resource groups, or ERGs. He shares the process he uses at Accenture to ensure successful ERGs, as well as some of the metrics he tracks to prove their value. Welcome to the Community Corner, Sheldon. It's such a pleasure to have you with me today. Great. Hello and good morning. Let's dive right in. First, can you describe what Accenture is and what you do in your role? Yes. So Accenture is the largest consulting company in the world. So we have over 600,000 employees and technically we're a professional services company and we do everything. And I know that sounds very vague and very like, well, what is that? But when I say we consult, we advise on everything we really do. I think our, our bread and butter is at the intersection of business and technology. So solving, you know, large implementations or technology problems or companies that are trying to figure out how to survive and grow in the digital age. That's really our bread and butter. But at the end of the day, we we can advise on strategy, on consulting, on technology, on operations. With this many employees, we can consult on anything. So I've been at Accenture for 10 years and I've worn a number of hats. I was kind of the traditional consultant for the first six or seven years. And my brand was the nonprofit consulting guy. So a lot of my clients were in the um, NGO space, both domestically and internationally. And I would help nonprofits really figure out how can they grow and better serve their community. So that was kind of my the hat that I wore for the first seven years. Then I became really fortunate a few years ago and moved into our human resources team where I lead our ERGs um, in North America. So ERGs are employee resource groups, which in essence are clubs, right? So the the women's club, the men's club, the military club, the African-American club. My job is to kind of, um, if you think about a college, I play kind of the director of student affairs, and then we have all of our fraternities and sororities and clubs at the university. That's the best way I can describe it. That's good. That's a great analogy. And I'm really excited to talk to you because I, a lot of the time, the community industry focuses a lot on external communities. So I'm excited to chat more about internal communities, especially with someone like you, who's been doing it for a number of years. So I guess my first question is, how do you know when it's time to start an ERG for your company? Yeah, you know, I would, and again, the analogy that I give is when you're on a college campus, you know, how when's the time to start a new club, right? When's the time to start the Latin American club or the community service club? And I will always say it needs to be bottoms up. It needs to come from the people. You know, sometimes what I see is companies say, oh, you know, you know, stop Asian hate is happening or George Floyd happened or Black Lives Matter. And we need a club around that topic. And that's usually the wrong approach. There has to be a demand from the people. There has to be a desire, a need. You know, even at Accenture, one thing we say is we will not start a new ERG unless something has already been existing for a year. So there almost needs to be like a grassroots movement happening among the people for at least a year. It needs to have grown to a certain size, and then we will officially acknowledge it as an ERG. So so there does need to be that desire and that groundswell from the people. It needs to be supported by the enterprise, by the company, but that desire needs to be there already. And is there any, 
I guess, process that your ERGs go through to be accepted by the organization? Yes. So at Accenture, so we've had ERGs around for a couple of decades, which is pretty modern in advance. We are a mature organization when it comes to ERG. So we've had some time to develop more processes and bureaucracy that, you know, in some cases it's like, okay, we just want to start a new group. Why does it take this long? Why is there so many steps? But because we've been around for a while, there is. So what does that include? So first off, again, you've got to exist for at least a year. Um, At Accenture, we have a little over 70,000 employees in North America. Half of them are in one group or another. So what we say is because our groups are typically large, we do want you to have at least 50 people that have an interest in this topic. You need to have a leader. You need to have someone that's saying, I'm willing to lead this ERG. You need to have an executive sponsor. So at Accenture, our highest level is a managing director. And it is critical that you have someone of that level who's there backing up the group. Otherwise, who's at the table that has power, that has decision-making authority, who can advocate for this group when when they meet with leaders, our national leadership team? We actually put our groups through a year of probation because, we, you know, it's like dating, right? We want to know, are you a good fit for us? Are we a good fit for you? (laughs) And it sounds really formal. And I know there's some companies out there like, we are not even there yet, right? We're just trying to understand how do we get one club, one group. But again, I'm giving you a mature example. But yeah, we put them through a dating process. There's metrics that we want them to meet. So it is pretty formalized. But again, we've had time to create that model. Well, and you know, it it is helpful, I think, to hear because there's not a lot of companies out there as well that have someone who is a lead of DNI and ERG you know, at their company. So it's helpful to hear a more mature example for sure. Yeah. And I'll say, even though we have a mature model, we've been around for decades, there's still areas that we need to improve, right? The biggest one was that, so my role was created a few years ago for the first time. So there wasn't someone leading ERGs in North America. So we had these amazing ERGs growing up over the years, but they were growing up in silos. So they weren't always working with each other. Some were using Excel, some were using paper, somewhere using, you know, SharePoint or whatever the system is. So it took time to say, all right, how do we create a cohesive look and feel among our ERGs? So even a company that's mature, that's had ERGs, there's still a lot around processes that can be improved to make sure, because at least at Accenture, and this may be the case for other companies, this is a plus one for them. This is an extracurricular, right? You're a student at school, but then you lead a club on the side. So really you're focused on your main priorities this is something you're passionate about. How can the company, how can Accenture free you up so that you can focus on your mission and not all the logistics and operations? So that's what my job has been is, how do we allow our ERG leaders to achieve their mission given that this is kind of a side thing for them? Right, that makes sense. And you mentioned metrics before that you have each ERG or each club you know, track metrics and report on metrics to you. What are some of the ways that you're tracking the success of these ERGs? Yeah, so we just launched a brand new ERG scorecard, right? So we've had ERGs for 20 years and we never had a scorecard, which boggled my mind. So bringing my consulting knowledge in, we created an ERG scorecard. And on that metric, now don't be scared, there are 30 <laughs> metrics on the scorecard. And I know some people are like, what? 30 metrics, but, but hear me out. Of those 30, 20 of them are hypothetical, meaning we just want to see, is there a correlation between being in an ERG and and impacting it? So what are some of those metrics? The easy ones that you'll understand are like uh, membership growth, right? Are our ERGs growing over time? Are they expanding their chapters? 
or office locations? How many events are they having? Are they having events that are cross ERG? So they get bonus points if they're doing cross ERG events. Are they having events with clients? Are we actually growing the business of Accenture by inviting our clients to some of these events? But then when we get into the hypothetical stuff, right? So the experimental metrics are things like recruiting. We are looking at to see, are our ERGs making more referrals? Are they getting more people hired into the company? Community service. We have an internal platform that tracks when an employee volunteers at your local soup kitchen or something. Are ERG members doing that more than non-ERG members? Um, so we're, tr- we're starting to look at engagement and we're starting to look at, you know, are ERG members creating a, an ROI? Are they keeping people at the company longer? Are they getting promoted faster? Are they getting rewards better? So a lot of those are, are experimental and we just want to see, is there a correlation? And then the last point to call out about metrics is we're breaking it out by involvement. So yes, we're tracking ERG members versus non-ERG members. We're also tracking ERG leaders, right? Maybe our leaders are even more engaged. We're even looking at, and again, I'm kind of a data nerd, you can see, (laughs) you know, are ERG members who attend at least one event, are they more engaged? Are they um, impacting recruiting and things even more, right? Because just because you're a member, it's like being a member of a club, you may not be involved. But if you're attending events, the assumption is you're more engaged. This is so nice to hear, Sheldon, because I feel like, Again, as someone who is in the industry and talks about external communities a lot, I've always felt like internal communities were a little bit more foreign to me and I didn't really know what was going on and I wouldn't know the metrics and how to track the the success. But I mean, you're tracking a lot of the same metrics that I track for my distributed events community. So I just feel like a little validated. (laughs) Yeah, you are validated. And you know, it's what I tell my ERG leaders often is that they run nonprofit organizations, right? Sometimes people may see ERGs as like a club, a simple club, but no, these are legit nonprofit organizations. They receive a budget. They have a leadership team. In essence, they have a board of directors. They have chapters all across the country. They have membership. I mean, these are nonprofits ran within a corporate company. Mm -hmm. So there should be accountability for that. It's not just this thing, but it still needs to be fun right? It's their passion project. So you still have to figure out how do you make sure they love what they're doing, that they have the resources to do it. But no, them and you and others, you run nonprofit organizations within your company. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. Okay. And so I know that there's a move happening on the horizon for you. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear if you have any advice for someone who is joining a new company and wants to launch an ERG, what is some advice you would give that person? Yeah. And, you know, especially the past couple of years and the dynamics we've had in society, especially around social injustice, there's a lot of inquiries and questions on, you know, should we have an ERG or should they be called BRGs, which I'll explain in a moment what that is. And if so, how and where do we start? Step one is don't jump to where Accenture is at day one, right? I I think a lot of companies will come in and day one say, oh, we need a scorecard and we need this big technology. So we use a a platform called Telescope, which is a one-stop shop vendor platform that we use to manage all of our ERG activities. It's amazing. It's great. But again, right, you can't jump there day one. You got to walk before you crawl. So I think at the very minimum, you know, first meeting with those target communities and understanding what their needs are and understanding, you know, what, what, yeah, what's missing, what's going well, what do we need to continue or stop? 
And it may not be ERGs, right? There may be a bigger need. Maybe there's a mental health issue going on because of the stress of the pandemic, because of you know, the stress of, of everything that's happening, the great resignation. So I wouldn't say ERG is a silver bullet and I wouldn't jump to it without talking to your communities. Now, if you happen to take on a role that is an ERG leadership role, I'll just tell you what I did when I first took on this role. I spent the first four months or so meeting our ERG leaders and asking them, what is it they want? And doing, I mean, this sounds very simple, but it is very critical. You can't come, even though I have all this knowledge around ERGs, I would never come in and say, this is what you need to do because each company, each location may need something different. So really spend the time sitting with your ERGs, understanding what they want, understanding what they're passionate about, and then coming up with a pretty clear project plan on how you're going to achieve that. That would be some initial advice. You know, one other tip I'll give is in this day and age, especially the past couple of years, really talk with your leadership team if you come into this role, because you're going to have a lot of pressure balancing what your job priorities are and the crises that are happening in the world, right? So what's happening with Ukraine right now, the Afghan crisis that happened recently, you know, stop Asian hate, Black Lives Matter, these things can be all consuming to your job. So you really got to meet with your boss and really understand how do I handle these things that will continue to pop up and still do my day job? That's probably been one of the biggest challenges for me is I had my project plan, but then all these fires happen. And how do you balance the two? That's really good advice. And what are BRGs? <laughs> I want to come back to that. <laughs> yeah, great question. Thanks for reminding me. So business resource groups. So there's this concept out there in the ERG world about, should I have ERGs or BRGs? Should I have something for my people or should it be very business focused? And I don't care what you call it. The sentiment is the same. The, the goal, the intent should be the same. So in my opinion, ERGs, BRGs, clubs, whatever you want to call it, they exist for three reasons. One is create a community among your people. The second one, and this one depends on your company, help you achieve your DEI goals. And then the third piece is grow your business. To me, everything at a company, if it exists, it should be there to grow the business. And if you have clients, serve your clients. If you've got a plant, right? Somehow that plant should be connected to growing the business. Maybe it makes people happier and more productive. So if you choose to have an ERG or BRG or group, you should really think about how is it helping us grow the business? How is it helping us serve our clients? And for me, when I talk with some of my peers at other companies, that's the piece that's missing. So sometimes you'll hear a company say, we need a BRG because we want to help. We want our ERGs to help us grow the business. That's basically what they're saying. They're saying, we've got to figure out how do we ensure our ERGs exist and are growing the business along with achieving our DEI goals and creating a community among our people. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Sheldon. Well, we don't have any limits on the Community Corner podcast except our time limit. And so we've come to my last question, which of course I ask everybody, and that is who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? Hmm. You know, I'm going to go with, you know, age old one. Maybe everyone doesn't know, but Jeffrey Canada. Jeffrey Canada is an individual who started the Harlem Children's Zone, among other opportunities. And the Harlem Children's Zone is, is in short, it's an ecosystem in Harlem, in New York, that allows for a community to be all encompassing around its youth and to create an environment where they almost can't fail. 
So from morning until night, you know, you have your school curriculum, but then in the evening, there's things that are set out on the weekend. There's things that are set out. The community is engaged and it's not some big company donating money. It's like creating a different universe for children. So I would just love to understand, you know, how did he go about getting all the stakeholders around the table to create that? So that would be my person is Jeffrey Canada. Thank you for sharing, Sheldon. And thank you again so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure to have you. It was a pleasure, Beth. Thank you. And I hope everyone can take some nuggets from what we said today. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. 